0: RadioMD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now,
1: our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. With many states legalizing marijuana and medical marijuana having been legalized for a while now in some states. Many parents, just like me, wonder, how do we explain this to our kids? Do we speak about it in terms of alcohol use and abuse? Do we discuss the dangers, but do we... Tell them maybe about things we've done in the past. How do we approach this? It can be so confusing. And joining me today is Dr. Margaret Steger. She's the Director of the Division of Adolescent Medicine at Metro Health Medical Center, and she's a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Steger, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Let's start with what do you see going on with some states legalizing it, some states not. What are you seeing happening right now?
0: What's happening with marijuana in the United States is we now have 27 states and the District of Columbia that has legalized medical marijuana and seven states have legalized recreational marijuana. And the big question becomes, for those of us that are in health care and particularly taking care of children and teenagers, is what's been the effect of these changes? Even though the federal government says, marijuana use is illegal. The states have made changes, and therefore, we're looking to follow what's happening with teen use. And we have two very good research arms with a variety of surveys. One is monitoring the future, and the other one is the youth risk behavior surveys.
1: Well, tell us about those. What do those mean for parents?
0: So the Youth Risk Behavior Survey is done in high school, and it looks at students' use of a variety of substances, including marijuana. And the overall trend from 1991 to 2017 has shown that marijuana use back in 1991 by teens was reported at about 14%. It peaked at 1995 at 25%, and it's now stable at the last survey at 20%. So a good way to kind of sort of think about this is that 38% of high school students have said, yes, I've tried marijuana at least once in the last year. They ask it a variety of ways. They ask, have you used it in the last month, in the last year, or have you ever used And that way, we're able to follow the trends. So, for example, when you look at the Youth Risk Behavior Survey over that same time, they did a study that looked at states that had legalized both the medical and recreational marijuana versus states that had not, and there were no differences in teen marijuana use. However, one caveat I would like to point out is in those states that had legalized recreational marijuana use, the teen reporting use of marijuana went down by 9%.
1: To what do you attribute that?
0: Some of the discussions have been related to the fact that now that the recreational use has really gone commercialized, if you will, that there's less on the streets, that there's more activity through that channel, if you will, and maybe there's different attitude changes with it.
1: Wow, that's fascinating. So, for parents, Dr. Stager... What do we tell our kids about this? I mean, we started early talking to them about drug use. We talked to them about alcohol and alcohol abuse. And if you're not 21, how do we approach this now with them seeing the medical situation and people that are very sick saying it's helping them, which nobody really says about alcohol, how do we weigh those pros and cons and what they're seeing if they follow medical science or what they're seeing If they're worried about drug abuse and substance abuse, how do we weigh that?
0: for parents to have conversations with their teenagers throughout their teen years. So I don't want parents to think about it as a one-time conversation, but an evolution of a conversation that's developmentally appropriate. So the conversation you have with your 12 or 13-year-old might be different than your 15-year-old and might be different than your 18-year-old, because we see marijuana use under the age of 13. And I just want to point that out to our listeners, that 6% of high school Students have reported they use marijuana before the age of 13. So while some parents think, oh, not happening here, I want you to consider that marijuana experimentation starts early. I think the second point for parents to consider is having the conversation about how it affects the teenager. So there's both short-term and long-term effects of marijuana. The short-term effects can be a variety, including an altered sense of time, changes in mood, impaired body movement or coordination, difficulty thinking and problem-solving, difficulty with memory, and even psychosis in those that have a family risk or family history of serious mental health disorders. So I like to put this in context for the parents and the teenagers, and we talk about their job right now is to be a student and is to advance their academic status and move their way through high school and graduate from high school Etc. And if there is marijuana smoking or regular marijuana smoking, the concern becomes, can they learn? Can they not only learn, but can they retain what they learn? And some of the research says there's problems with that. And I think it's important for parents to review that with teenagers because a lot of teenagers think, oh, I smoked, I'm done, I'm fine. But the concern is it may have effects on the brain that interferes with their learning and their ability to retain information and then use it
1: later. That's really such an important point and one that I make with both of my kids on a very regular basis. I'm one of those mothers, Dr. Steger, that started talking to my kids very young. So as we talk to our children and they see us drink a glass of wine, do we tell them about what we did It's like a question so many of us have, Dr. Steger. Do we tell them? And if we do, because back in the 70s, maybe it wasn't looked at the same way. If we tell them, does that give them permission in a way? But how can we keep those secrets? What do we do?
0: That's an interesting question. And that's been brought up several times amongst parents and various online communities. A couple of tips here. One tip is, to consider the conversation in the abstract. So rather than reporting one's personal use, saying, well, back when I was in high school, some of the kids smoked marijuana, where you talk around it and about it and perhaps what the attitudes were around marijuana use, Uh, when one was in high school, as opposed to not revealing one's use. But if you're a teenager, and sometimes they do, may come right out and ask, well, did you ever smoke? Did you ever try it? I uh, advise parents to use caution, to think about what they're going to tell. And a lot depends on the relationship between the parent and the teenager. There are some parent and teenager relationships that are very close, and they are able to have very deep and sincere conversations about a variety of topics and others that may not be as close or with good communication skills. And I'm going to defer to the parents to know which category they fall in. I'm not a fan of not telling the truth, so I'm not a fan of lying, if you will, but I think one might want to think about how much they reveal, and think about, again, putting it all into context in the era in which they were smoking. And I think this is the opportunity, too, where parents can say, well, back then, there was very limited information around what the effects of marijuana were back then. For example, I just mentioned the short-term effects of marijuana use. We now have long-term effects that are Becoming more apparent as well. So, we talked earlier about how the teen is effective at the time of smoking, but long term effects we have to worry about, for example, the lungs. All right, so inhaling the marijuana smoke uh, deposits more tar in the lungs and more carcinogen causing agents than tobacco smoke. We also know about something called the cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. That's a vomiting syndrome where regular, long-term, frequent use of marijuana, the patient can develop cyclical nausea, vomiting, and dehydration. And we also know that long-term that it may impair a person's relationships and their ability to achieve in school, their ability to get gainful employment, and may affect their long-term mental health in the areas of anxiety and depression.
1: Well, you, you said that so succinctly, and you brought up such an important point. And yes, we didn't know back then, we had limited information, but we know so much more now that we can tell our children. But you mentioned smoking. That's not all the kids are doing today. There's edibles, which scare the crap out of me. And then vaping, which is its own segment. And, you know, we're hearing more about the dangers of vaping, the real scary dangers of vaping. So they're doing it in different ways. Now they think, oh, it's a gummy. Well, they eat one gummy, doesn't affect them. They eat another one. another. I mean, it is very scary to think of drugs being ingested differently than smoking and stopping because you feel whatever it is you're trying to feel. That's right.
0: So you've just mentioned there's a variety of ways that marijuana can be uh, enjoyed, if you will, by a person. So there's smoking it, there's a water pipe such as a bong, there's blunts, which are cigars that are filled with marijuana. And now vaping and edibles have sort of come into the forefront. Edibles, you made the important point, which is the effect takes longer. And so what we're seeing, particularly in the emergency room, is more serious side effects from the marijuana edible because the person ingested over the recommended amount and therefore is having some symptoms of typically anxiety or paranoia from the edibles. In other words, they overdid it. But I want to make a, a, just a point about the vaping. Vaping marijuana has doubled Uh, as reported by high school seniors. So it's now up to 14% of 12th graders said they have vaped marijuana in the past. And that's important to note because that's a new phenomenon. And there's questions about vaping marijuana and a lung disease that has been seen related to very serious hospitalizations in adolescents and young adults, including some deaths here in the United States. The CDC has been following this very closely. It's not completely clear exactly what's triggering the lung disease in the individuals. Some reports show that it's related to a vitamin E oil that was used as a medium for the vaping. Uh, others, it's, they've used marijuana and or nicotine. And so I give great caution to anyone who is thinking about vaping marijuana in regards to this lung disease that we're seeing, especially if the products were bought off the market or bought on the black market or they're mixing it themselves, I think it's very important for everyone to be aware that that's really some uncharted territory that may get them into big trouble.
1: Well, as a parent who does these shows on a regular basis, I called my son at college, and I just let him have it. I said, don't touch one of those vapes again. He's like, Mom, I'll never, ever take another hit. It scares me way too much. And he knows that I know the science behind it. So he knows that I'm talking to you doctors and learning how scary it truly is. Now, so we've talked about edibles. We've talked about vapes. We've talked about legal and medical recreational what do you want listeners to think about as they're weighing the pros and cons? And and obviously, as you've said, communication is the key. If you have a really good relationship with your kids and they know you pretty well, they're gonna be able to tell if you're lying or covering it up. I mean, teens are smart today, right? What would you like us parents to know about approaching this, starting the conversation, showing them the facts of the health risks of smoking anything? and really getting this conversation going.
0: Just as we were talking earlier about parent and teenager conversations, some of the new information that has come out recently, again, with long-term data, is the question related to, is marijuana addictive? And in the past, there was not a lot of information regarding this. However, there's a lot of solid research now that shows that people who begin using marijuana before the age of 18 years are four to seven times more likely than those that start as adult users to develop a substance use disorder with marijuana. And I think that's critical for young people to know that, because most young people think, "Oh, it won't happen to me. Oh, I'm fine. I can stop anytime I want." But But, in fact, there's a risk for marijuana use. About 10% may go on to have substance use disorder, which is defined as unable to stop using, even if it's causing health or social problems or economic or relationship problems for them. This is new, all right? This is an important concept to relay to the young people of today. And I think it's important to put it into the context that they may see, well, it's recreational now and it's also medical now, so therefore it must be okay. It must be safe, when in fact, a lot of the research shows that indeed, we should be very, very cautious about this substance, including how to help someone who thinks they may have a substance use disorder with marijuana, because the withdrawal symptoms may impair their ability to stop. So withdrawal symptoms can include irritability, trouble sleeping, decreased appetite, increase in their anxiety, a variety of things. And so we really have to make sure that we're addressing this with not only early users, so teen users that are beginning or early in their use versus those teen users or young adult users that are well into their habit. And I think it's so important to continue this conversation and remind them not only of the data, but what you know what is being seen, what do they see not only amongst their friends, but also to get them to reflect on their own life and how it may have affected them personally as well.
1: That's a great point to reflect on themselves, how it's affected them, whether it's made them less motivated, if they do admit to you, and also their friends. I like that you pointed that out because they can see some of their friends that get into it a little too deeply or maybe use it, and I might get flack for this as a gateway drug, to say, oh, well, this is boring now, I'm going to try something else, and they may see that. So it's such an important point. Do you have any final thoughts for parents? Because what a huge, important topic we're discussing today.
0: I think it's important to just remind your listeners that the American Academy of Pediatrics opposes marijuana used by children, and teenagers, and opposes legalizing marijuana because of potential harm to children and adolescents. There's research that shows that if there's parental use of marijuana, that indeed it puts their child at risk for marijuana use as well. So therefore, the AAP strongly advocates for more research around marijuana use, particularly um, the medicinal use of marijuana, and um, that we need to continue to study the health effects of marijuana on the adolescent brain, and how it affects the development of the adolescent brain.
1: That's a great point, and thank you so much, Dr. Steger, for coming on and really speaking to the parents, because this is a huge topic. And parents, I hope you heard what she said. You need to start those lines of communication. You need to discuss it with your children. You need to show them the facts and the science and let them know all of those pros and cons, because that's how they can make their best decisions, their healthiest decisions. And you're hearing this information from the experts at the American Academy of Pediatrics, the gold standard for pediatricians. And we love them here at Radio MD. Thank you so much, Dr. Steger, for joining us. And listeners, please share this show. With other parents you know, share with your teens. Let them hear what Dr. Steger had to say about what we know now, about the short and long-term health risks of recreational marijuana. So it's really, really important that you share this show. You can listen on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are played, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. I'm Melanie Cole for Healthy Children. Stay well.